Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes. Wolves are not shit. Are Chelsea the most fun team right now? And we're going to talk Jekyll and Hyde teams. Andrew, the people have spoken, and uh, apparently they loved last week's episode so much of just you and I that they've asked for more. So it is just you and I once again tonight. Uh, You and I are, we just give the people what they want, dude. Um, You know what? Like, say the line, Nate. Say the line. Yeah, we'll say the line. We'll, we'll, we'll kowtow. We'll, we'll pan. We'll do whatever you want. If you guys want to do the thing where you hold the marionette hands above us and pretend like we're your puppets, we'll do it. Uh, Because that's what we do. We aim to please here at the Soccer Neophytes podcast. We're your huckleberries. Oh, that was hot. (laughs) Uh, I wish that was true, but the other Chris's have more important things to do. So... um... It's just you and I again, but should we, should we address the most important thing that has happened in the last 30 minutes? Uh, the Lundberg, the, the map, the Lundberg. No, I, I shaved my beard and oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I feel like, um, I, I mentioned this pre pre podcast. I look like a child and an old man and neither of those is good. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as you think. I was expecting much worse when I saw your tweet about an hour ago. So so uh, the nice thing about your face with the beard, let's talk about beards for a second. The nice thing about your face is that it's going to look the same forever. Um, this beard thing, it's um, I have a running joke. I, I, I don't think I'm the first person to do it, but I feel like I was one of the first, but whatever. Anyway, there's this running joke. Beards are push-up bras for men. Mm. Because they highlight all the features that ladies like, you know what I mean? In the same way that whatever. And um, all I'm saying is, like, your beard is pushing your bra up so that you look like you're, you know, not. I've got a nice nice face rack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like your face cleavage is out of this world, dude. Sometimes I just lean my head forward a little more and push my shoulders together just to make my face cleavage look awesome. Just to get a discount at Chipotle. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, the uh, the sixteen year olds behind the Chipotle bar just they go wild for that uh, big old face beard cleavage. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. You're in charge tonight. I, I, I was it. Hold up. I just want to say I was in charge for two weeks in a row. And tonight I am so relieved that I don't have to know anything. Yeah, it's a burden to carry, but I'm happy to be back in the saddle. I like doing it, but I did appreciate lead the last couple of weeks. It was relaxing. Do we have a sound engineer that can put that on a loop? I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate. I I want the sound engineer. I would like that to be the hittest, hoppest, whatever. 
um, DJ Jam of whatever of you telling me uh, you appreciate me mixed to like the sickest beat. Appreciate you. 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 Titus is actually his one of his electives at school right now is like electronic music, like beat making. So he's all he's making beats all the time. So maybe I can figure out how to get a, that file to him and have him mix it for you. Well, well, listen, after Saturday, Titus and I aren't talking right now. So frankly, I'm not interested in anything Titus has to offer me. Well, that's a good intro. Uh, we could have saved us a Monday evening if we would have known that Chris and Chris weren't going to be here. And we could have just recorded 90 minutes of you and I watching the match together. I know I didn't invite you during the last podcast, but I had a change of heart. And uh, you came over Hold up. early Hold up. On, on Saturday morning. You had a change of heart. Where was your heart before this, Nate? Just so my that heart I was know. protecting my wife because it's so early in the morning. She had oh. a job to do. So, because it sounded like it was like, do I want to spend ninety plus minutes with Andrew? <laughs> I did. Or do I want to have a peaceful experience? And no, it, um, was, it was a wonderful experience for obviously more ways than one. Um, well, for you and me both, I would like to say that. Um, Unlike Chris, who can be a bastard sometimes, you and I are pretty reasonable people, right? Yeah. There was no shouting. There was, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was exciting moments where maybe our blood got us to stand up and there was a huzzah of sorts. But it was 5.30, 6 in the morning, and we were trying to keep your children asleep and your wife. Um, But... um, even if that weren't the case, I think that you and I, um, uh, this is the best compliment I can give to another sports fan. You're a reasonable fella when your team is either winning or losing. Um, and I feel like I'm the same way. Um, so during this Tottenham Wolves match, Tottenham was up. I mean, just as a recap for those of you who were stupid enough not to watch it. Tottenham was up for the full 90 minutes. Um, I think we got a, a, a text from Tim who said, holy shit, I just saw the Wolves-Tottenham score. How did that happen? Or something like that. Um, yeah, Chris, but- no, it was Chris. Chris had turned it off, I think, and didn't, and didn't realize Wolves had come back and won. Yeah. So anyway, uh, long story short, Tottenham was um, uh, scored a goal in the third minute. They were in the lead. A beautiful all the way goal. Into- let's just let's just say this. Beautiful goal. Tottenham's first five minutes were the Tottenham that you have fallen in love with. Uh-huh. The rest of the match, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. But Wolves were on the front foot for a lot of it. Uh, they had more shots on target. They had more shots total. More possession to Spurs. But... Um, it really felt like Wolves played a really w- great match, but the first five minutes was all Spurs. Yeah, no. So Tottenham's been doing the thing that has been driving me insane the whole season is uh, they play lights out for the first five, 10, 15 minutes, however long it takes for them to get into lead. And then they play on their back foot. 
They play weak-ass, bitch-ass soccer, and it pisses me off so much. Um, they just are going for the three points. And here's the thing. Is that smart? Kind of. Kind it's of. hard to do. It's hard to do on the road for 90 minutes. When That's you have- what I'm saying. They were on the road, and Wolves have been playing incredibly. Lundberg and I joked about it. Last week was the off week. Apparently, that's why they get top billing for tonight's shout-outs. Um, uh, they're not lovable. In fact, this is why they aren't lovable, because they do something like this. By the way, this is wild. Wolves have beaten Man City. They have beaten Tottenham. The they have beaten the number one and the former number one. The two teams who have spent the most time at number one, they have beaten both of them at home. And drawn against Aston Villa and drawn against Newcastle. Uh, let's not put Aston Villa into any little categories yet. We might debate this later. They're still on my list, but well, go ahead. They're currently fifth. So I they're, understand. They're, they're only one point behind Spurs with a better goal differential. So, just put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> All right. Where are we? I'm sorry. I you're think, in charge tonight. I'm not sure where we're going right now. And the reason I led with wolves are not shit is because. Uh, They're not. They're because not. Chris, they are Chris, not has shit. It, Chris has said it in text in our text thread multiple times through the season. You guys have said it. I have even said it at the beginning of the season. I was very nervous. I was hopeful but nervous. A brand new manager, Gary O'Neill, has uh, done a great job of getting more out of these players than anyone thought they would. Uh, the determination and grit uh, that this team has is really impressive. They, they've scored a lot of goals towards the end of matches, a lot of come behind stuff. Um, so they're not shit. They're not a top six team, probably, but um, I, I, I think top table 9 10 11 12 all right shut up i don't care anymore let me talk um wolves are good um in fact to all of the wolves followers who keep putting shit on my timeline i think you're good leave me (laughs) alone fuck off please i think you're good i'm not saying this sarcastically i think you're good i would also like to point out that the gary o'neill um var parade um one because this week not only did wolves not get screwed on var um they got the benefit of a bunch of calls and nice job um it was a successful campaign to not screwed over a and also anything that was touchy went your way it was lovely i am pleased with you this might be nate The first time that you can ever be here uh, sitting and be like, wow, um, Tottenham Wolves versus Tottenham. And we got there's not even a joke about who got the benefit. So congratulations. I'm proud of you. Are you saying that there were calls that uh, Spurs should have gotten that weren't called? Um, I would like to point out to the fact that Son got punched in the face twice and only one of them got called. (laughs) Yeah, that remember, I would like to point out in real time, ladies and gentlemen, we are watching the game. 
son gets tackled okay and nate's like it's not that bad that was incidental and then they watch it in slow time and i'm like nate that looks like one of those self-defense videos when i'm like okay he comes at me i grab his wrist i jab my elbow into his chin i throw him forward leaning with my knee onto his groin and you were cracking up because you realized it too um so i would like to point out that was the one that was called and there was another one that was not and they showed the replay and i was like dude he slapped him in the face and you're like uh uh-huh, he kind of slapped him in the face yeah um there were a, a bunch and um i'm just going to say uh the one Nate i'm not a college football guy this this is going to make sense to uh, our American listeners, less so to our three European people in Poland. I don't know where you're from. Um, but I grew up uh, in Arizona and my family, um, I was born in New England. My family's from New England. Two areas in uh, America that are not known for college football. And in fact, I don't give a shit about college football. But the thing all of my college football fans, fr- uh, friends, to me is the best thing about college football is that every game matters. Um, this is singularly why I love the EPL. Every game matters. There's 38 as opposed to like 12 in college football. There's 38. I think this might be one of the most consequential weeks that we are going to look back on all season and be like, wow, that happened, that happened, and that happened when we look at the results in May. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, and we're going to, that's kind of next on the docket, but I think one of the most important ones is the city Chelsea draw. You know, city, city having the opportunity to go four points ahead um and really start to create some separation in the league and they don't with that kind of crazy match against Chelsea that I kind of tongue-in-cheek have said is Chelsea the most exciting team in the Premier League right now because they're not I know but they've scored four goals the last two matches so it was it was mostly tongue-in-cheek but uh but yeah I mean I think we've got three points separating one through five and, uh, you know, Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa, all getting important wins. United, I guess, as well. Spurs losing, City drawing, I think. Yeah, Newcastle it, it, lose, losing, Newcastle, I would like to point out. Newcastle losing, Brighton drawing again. Um, yeah, it just felt like the top of the table tightened. And no one's getting separation just when you thought City might start to run away with it. So I'd like to point out that every section of the table tightened. Okay, right. Because the top of the table tightened, the bottom of the table tightened, because even with Bournemouth's win, it's nine, six, five and four for the last four teams. The middle of the table tightened a little bit. Everybody's with... Like, in terms of groupings, this is a wild, wild table. Um, I think I'm going to say it out loud. Newcastle lost um, any chance of winning it this uh, this week. 
Newcastle will not ever be, I'm sorry, just this season. Yeah. I don't need to go overboard. Yeah. But no, that you're right. That, that was a, that's a tough loss for them. And now uh, they play, they host Chelsea next and whatever you want to say, Chelsea's last two matches that Chelsea is starting to put some sort of form together. Um, Whatever. I will say this, maybe they're not the funnest, um, but I'm definitely going to be paying attention and watching all of their matches for the next couple weeks. Like I have to, I I, mean, I hate Chelsea, but now I have to pay attention to Chelsea. They've put four goals in, in three of their last five matches. So there's something happening there. They're, uh, you know, they've got, one of them was against a nine man Tottenham. So not really uh, indicative probably of the style of play. Thank you. uh, Thank you. Hold up. But thank you. But thank you. Yes. But uh, to then put four past city, um, it ain't nothing. Yeah. Four on city is uh, 13 against Luton. Uh, (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Um, Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I have nothing. I was going to brag about a joke. Um, During the uh, 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 Tottenham-Chelsea match, I was watching Chelsea for maybe the second time this season, so I was really watching close, and I watched them again uh, during the City match. Um, But during the Tottenham match, I made a joke. Um, Cole Palmer, uh, (laughs) who was Chelsea's primary striker, right? Yeah. Uh, I wrote, uh, he looks like if Peyton Manning uh, grew up in abject poverty. And um, Stu retweeted it, and I was really proud of it, just because I like that guy. When when he likes my soccer jokes, I'm like, good. That was a, that was a weak self-promotion, obviously. Yeah, that's that's all right. Well, here's the thing. My prediction on um, Nicholas Jackson, I know for a fact it is going to have an asterisk next to it, but if he finishes somewhere near uh, the top 10 of goals scored, there'll obviously be some, some uh, controversy around it since three of them were against a nine man Tottenham, but, but he scored again over the weekend as well. So good to see i'm sorry what's the what's the controversy just because like oh just because oh yeah like right now he's sixth in the league he has six goals on the season um and he was most of them came within the last week or two well and well half of them came against a uh nine man tottenham so that'll be the controversy is like if i make a claim that he should be the treori award winner Unless he really fit, unless he finishes top five, maybe I'll have a have a uh, claim to make. But I know, but at the same time, we're talking the Treore winner, and um, he's good. I would like to point out, as much as I don't like Chelsea, he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. Fine. Um, I didn't. He. I, I don't enjoy good players who like to talk trash against my favorite team. So I didn't enjoy him in that moment, but maybe if it was somebody else, I'd be like, go fella, you know, we've already hinted at this, Andrew, but my question, we, we talk Jekyll and Hyde teams. There are yeah. some teams that 
I don't know what to do with. So here's my question. Who is the most Jekyll and Hyde between Newcastle, Newcastle, Brighton, Newcastle, United, Newcastle. and Newcastle. Everton's kits that they wore over the weekend? Newcastle. Um, Newcastle, um, you and I have been going back and forth on this for three weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, you've been saying Brighton, correct? Yep. yep. I've been saying Newcastle. And I would like to point out that this fucking week, Newcastle lost to Bournemouth. Yep. No, nope, don't say anything yet. Pause. Pause. Breathe. Let it sink in. Newcastle lost to Bournemouth, dude. I think that's like check and mate. But if you want to, that's, I'm not even going to go, we, I'm going to save my um, defense or my retort until um, after you make your case for Brighton now. But I feel like I'm up 3-0 because Newcastle lost to Bournemouth, dude. So now go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to like make a strong case for that. More just to say, I don't know what to do with these teams now. A team like Brighton, Brighton, Brighton hasn't won since week six. The last six matches, they've drawn four and lost, lost two. Um, I think what's hard about Brighton is the way they've won some of these matches: three-one over United. 3-1 against your Newcastle, uh, 4-1 over Wolves, 4-1 over Luton, which isn't much. But then they lose 6-1 to Villa. They lose 2-1 to City. They draw with Liverpool. I just, I don't know what to make of them. Newcastle sitting at seventh right now. Um, also an enigma. They beat Arsenal, draw with Wolves, crush Crystal Palace, draw with West Ham. Um, they've lost to Brighton. They've lost to Liverpool. They've lost to city. I guess with Newcastle, other than the Bournemouth loss, they've had one of the most challenging schedules of the season. And prior to Bournemouth, they had won five of their last seven and had gone seven unbeaten. So I think Newcastle will finish higher than Brighton. Um, but we also have to look at Manchester United Manchester United. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, you're right. By the way, I've been waiting for you to say United just because we do absolutely. I I I took a screenshot of this, Nate. Um, I'm gonna re. I did this with Lundberg a couple weeks ago. I'm gonna do it again. Okay. This is the goals for for the top ten teams. Ready? Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. 32, 27, 26, 24, 29, 13, it is, 27, it is 25, wild. 21. It is mind-blowing how bad United is at scoring goals. It's mind-blowing, especially when you look at the fact that most of their injuries are on defense. Yes. Like, that—that that is mind-blowing. And Chris texted us that Onana is second in clean sheets in the league. They and by the way, just for are, the record, 
Their defense isn't even that good. They have 16 goals. You want to hear the top couple? 12, 10, 10, 15, 17, 16, 13. Okay, right? They're like maybe fifth, sixth. They're yeah. shitty at scoring goals. They're pretty okay at stopping them. It is mind-boggling that they're, they are in sixth place. They're winning by one. Every match they've won this season, they've won by one. Yeah, no kidding. Every match they've lost, except for one, they've lost by at least two. But at the same time, they're actually not even giving up that many. It's just that they're not. They're mediocre, but they're still somehow sixth. You know how you can be like the most average looking person and the most average looking height and somehow it works. I don't know. All I'm saying is they, they don't score any goals, but they also don't give up that many, but they're not amazing at preventing them that much. They're not top five. Yeah, the old, if we're talking about Enigma, if we're talking about Jekyll and Hyde, I would say one of the clearest way to see Jekyll and Hyde is draws they have zero draws they either win or lose and they either win by one or lose by two or three holy they are nate, nate you have convinced me dude i've been newcastle is jekyll and hyde it has to be united doesn't it they are so they are a weird weird team if only just because they're in sixth place if they were still in 10th i'd be like that makes sense yep but they're in sixth place. This they is are. Wild. They are the current leader in form. I saw that they were um of the they last five matches. Five matches. They have, they have points. thirteen points. Twelve. No, they have four wins and one draw. Right. No draws. They have zero draws on the season. Four. Four wins. One. Okay. Yeah. So twelve points. Yeah. Um. I think the other thing that we're not and considering. And yet they're still injured. Are they? I swear to God, Nate, remember? Let's, you want to um, want to time travel back to a simpler time? Let's call it August um, when I said United was going to win. And they have, I, I said they were going to come in first. And they haven't been healthy all season. They're in sixth and they suck so bad. So hypothetic. Oh my God. Yeah, Chris is gonna be. Can give me a second to just breathe. <laughs> All right, go ahead, lead us somewhere. Yeah, well, and you, you, you weren't listening to me, but I made a joke that the other Jekyll and Hyde was Everton's kits. I don't know if you saw Everton's kits over the weekend, but they on, from afar, from afar. I was like, dude, those look really slick. They're gray. They're like all this all gray kit looks so nice. And then you get up close and they're like half and half, like kind of a dark gray and a light gray. And they are abysmal. They, it looked great on the pitch. They're absolutely horrible kits. I'm not kidding. I just pulled it up. And the first thing I noticed was that's not bad. And then I realized that it was split and yeah. it's not this is lit. Oh, how clever. 
this is literally Jekyll and Hyde in the sense that like Two Face, oh. the um in uh, uh Tommy Lee Jones in yep. Batman Returns, yep. when he had that's what it looks like. That's it looks like he should have Drew Barrymore and some other actress whose uh, career didn't uh, work out as well. Um, but standing next to him, that's a, that's a deep cut. I'm feeling good about that one. That's a good um, Wait, it wasn't. No, Uma Thurman was Poison it's not, Ivy. It's not Drew Barrymore, right? No, it was Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore stood next to Tommy Lee Jones. She wore the white costume. And then there was another actress who wore the black costume. And I have no idea who she is. Her career is that did Batman not. For, is that one Batman Forever? Which Batman uh, is that? Okay, so it would have to be Batman Forever. That it was Val Kilmer. Yep. Yeah. Because it was uh, Batman, then Batman Returns, then Batman Forever, and oh, then Batman and Robin. That's right. Drew Barrymore was Sugar. And the other one was Spice. Debbie, Debbie Mazar was Spice. Oh, wait, Debbie Mazar did have a career. She from was on Entourage. Entourage. From Entourage. That's who that was? Yeah. Okay, this is wild. And she's great. She's like, she is like one of those... Just, I just want to hold up. I, I need to explain who these people were. This is Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face wearing a black and white suit. And on one side of him, uh, the black suit side, he had a girl in a white dress. And it was Drew Barrymore. And on the other side, it was a girl in a black dress on his white side and it was Debbie Mazar and they were just leaning on him just to show how cool he was. I was making a joke. One of them is Drew Barrymore and the other one is somebody who didn't turn into anything. Turns out it was Debbie Mazar. Debbie Mazar. That's amazing. We've gone on a deep cut. Stu is going to love this. I don't know if you know, do you know that Stu has not only, he's not only a contributor on Wolves fan cast, but he also has a film podcast called Cage Fighting that is all centered around Nicolas Cage. I mean, they talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, but it's like Nick Cage fandom like podcast. Um, I'm really disappointed in learning that just because. Um, Nate, so you know how I grew up really religious? You did too, yes. I think. But like I grew up really religious Mm -hmm. um, let me give everybody an example if I haven't given this one before. I didn't watch Star Wars until I was 17 because my dad thought the Force was paganism. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch a Nicolas Cage movie until I was like 19 or 20. And it was kind of like after the appeal had passed. And I don't get it. Um, I did enjoy... Um, the breathtaking weight of whatever with him and Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of that film, but for the most Pig? part, did you see pig? I didn't yet. I heard it was good. It's great. It's I've great. heard it was amazing. I think he's good, but I never under it. Like, I don't understand the people who get wild about bacon or Dr. Pepper. You know, and for me, that's Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is bacon and Dr. Pepper. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. All right. Anyway, well, go let's ahead. Let's move on. Um, we wanted to talk some news coming out. Uh, there is a rule change that some teams and the the 
premier league are going to be voting on. And that's this transfer ban um, between associated clubs. So teams have uh, ownership groups own multiple clubs across Europe. Um, I actually don't know if this is true, but I'm assuming it's true that you can't own clubs in the same league, but across leagues. So wolves own this Swiss club called grasshoppers um, Manchester city has, has clubs, um, for Americans, uh, in the MLS it's NYCFC. Um, uh, lots of clubs are owned by lots of different people. Would one consider this kind of like a minor league system in the sense that you might yeah. own something in the EPL, which is like your primary club. Yeah. And then you'll own something in the Saudi league and La Liga or whatever. I think that's how, I think that's how clubs are using it to got say, it. okay, we've got this young talent. He's not going to play for city. Let's loan him out to one of our sister clubs. And they've, they've made some restrictions over the years uh, because there's ways to work the system. So I think you now can only loan a maximum of three players to one of your associated clubs. Well, yes, when it's, so the problem is, or it hasn't been a problem when there's kind of a clear tiered system where, okay, grasshoppers in the Swiss league are clearly not the equivalent of wolves. So when you loan someone out to grasshoppers or grasshoppers, you know, returns them back to the parent club, no one's going to think anything of it. It doesn't really matter because the quality is so different. The challenge of what's happening is in with the Saudi league coming in and splashing all of this money to attract top talent out to Saudi Arabia. The problem comes in with Newcastle because uh, the private investment firm or whatever uh, is the investment arm of the Saudi Arabian government, they own Newcastle and they also own um, some of the Saudi league. And so with Tanali getting suspended and not being able to play for Newcastle, they need a midfielder. And the popular expectation is that, or uh, yeah, guess is that Al-Halal is going to loan them Ruben Neves, who was with Wolves, back to Newcastle. The problem with this is this is like a clear workaround FFP regulations where in theory, Saudi Arabia could spend a ton of money buying players and then just loaning them back to Newcastle and Newcastle's team would be clear of FFP because they would just be doing loans. So all that to say, um, there's a vote coming up on November 24th in a couple of weeks during the shareholders meeting to determine whether they want to ban these type of transfers. Um, there are... I think they need 16 teams or 14 teams to uh, vote against it. There are currently 11 clubs in the premier league who have whose owners own multiple clubs. So if they see this as a, uh, as a clear hindrance on their ability to make deals, then this is going to fail. Um, but I think this is bigger than just what's been happening. This is a, this is a much yeah, more more problematic situation here. 
Um, I would like to start by praising you for your succinct um, uh, summary of the uh, of the ordeal. Um, this is wild to me that we're just now getting a vote on this. This feels like something that should have come up sooner simply because in like 1996 on Sega Genesis – I was making the weirdest trades in the world to make sure the Phoenix Suns were the best team ever. Um, so, yeah, no, this is so easily um, noticeable and something that should be prevented and re uh, regulated early that I am so eager to see who votes against it and for what reason. Obviously, Newcastle is going to vote against it. Who else can you see voting against it? Who are the terrible people? City. I could see City voting against it, mostly because I think they could look and say, ooh, this is a good way to work the system. Sure. And they're rich enough to work the system now, and they are from the uh, same peninsula, correct? Yeah. Are they Saudi or are they just from the region? Um, that, oh shoot, I should know this. UAE, I think they're UAE. They're, okay. they're UAE. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, then by that standard, Arsenal probably would then also, yes. Arsenal has American ownership, but that doesn't yeah. mean we're any better. <laughs> so, uh, yo. That's hold I up. Arsenal, I would like to. I don't think Arsenal owns multiple clubs. I think I think the other clubs that would could potentially Manchester United, if their sale goes through, the the guy who wants to buy it has an entire strategy to buy multiple clubs. So I don't think that sale is going to go through in the next week and a half. But in in theory, they would be another one who would who would vote against it. Um. So I don't know. Yeah, it'll be. It'll and I'm be sorry. How many do they need it for it to pass? It's 14 or 16. So I, I don't know if it's three quarters or two thirds, but something right around there. Gotcha. By the way, when you said, um, oh, wow, uh, the Americans aren't that much better. Um, what was that um, movie with George Clooney and Matt Damon about uh, oil in the Middle East and, oh. you know, the CIA and whatever? And anyway, my friend, I got to be honest, Nate, um, you and I have a mutual friend. I'm not going to say his name, um, but you know how sometimes you have one of those friends who like they wake up a little late in life. Anyway, he was watching this movie and then he called me the next day and he was like, man, it was wild. I never thought that the USA could be the bad guy. And I was like, dude. Dude, give me a second to just digest that as you said that out loud as a 38-year-old human being. Yeah. Anyway, that was um that was his reaction to seeing that film uh for the first time. We might cut this. Go ahead. That's all right. I think we'll keep it. But yeah, so all that to say that that should be some interesting developments and will really shape the future of how teams uh go about doing their business, I think. Because we could see an entire shakeup of the way, uh, yeah, teams loan players who do, who they loan them to and how they structure their finances. If this does not get passed, what what are the odds it doesn't get passed? It it's gonna get passed, right? There's I, no way. I have no idea. 
I don't, I don't think I know enough about the way these other clubs structure their deals. The fact that 11 clubs own other clubs or 11 owners, that there's 11 ownership groups that own other clubs, who knows what they're thinking as far as, oh, future business model and the way they may want to, to run their business. So I think it's, I honestly think it's up in the air. It feels like a no brainer for the current situation, but you know, I assume these owners are thinking beyond just this January transfer window. They're thinking two, three, four years down the line. Hoard these guys, whatever. The other thinking is, this is obviously a terrible idea. Let's not do it. That would be fair to everybody. The people who are thinking everybody's going to do it, let's do it too. They're like the libertarians who are like, okay, this is probably going to benefit us rich folks the best. Let's vote in favor of it. Whereas everybody else is like, let's have something that's best for everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The 11 clubs are like, Either this is fair for 20 clubs or it's fair for 11 clubs. I'm going to vote for the rich people. Yes? Oh, I just talked myself into how this is definitely not going to pass. Yeah, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. Oh, I'm while saddened. We're, while we're on somewhat like sad or serious topics, I don't know if you saw, but Lyle Foster from Burnley, he's a uh, uh, Burnley forward from South Africa, um, has like not a side character, like three goals, two assists for Burnley this year. That might be Shut all. up for a second. Stop that might it. be all their goals. Stop it. Stop it. Did you just literally talk like an 11 year old? How old's your oldest son? 11. 11. You just talked like... This guy's not a side character. He's a, oh, you're such a terrible person for doing that. Anyway, go ahead. He's someone of note, perhaps. Maybe an adult would say, hey, fellas, you should keep an eye on this guy. No, he's he's definitely not an NPC, boys or girls. <laughs> yes, he is not an NPC. He Screw you. For, all right, go ahead. Tell your three story goals, now. Three goals and two assists. Uh, he has been suffering with depression since July, reached out to the club for support and has taken a step away from the club. And it was just really, I thought it's, it's something really fascinating for me that I don't see in American sports very much, but premier league soccer has done just a remarkable job with mental health awareness and particular, particularly men's mental health, that video that wasn't Norwich Norwich, I think, um, a couple weeks ago, that video they put out, um, with the two friends who were sitting at all the games and the guy who seems depressed, like, Oh gosh, it was so powerful. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, look up Norwich mental health video. Um, I just, it's something I hear the Wolves fan cast all the time talking about. They do fundraisers for mental health. They talk about mental health. There's just, I, I just really appreciate it. A sport that's very bro -y, men hanging out, going to the pubs. Um, 
to, to be so forward to talk about men's mental health. And then for this, um, and the way Vincent company and, and the Burnley team have surrounded him, um, it's just really like, it's just really encouraging. And I think it's, it's different. I, it's unlike any American sport, maybe any world sport, the premier league and the way they're addressing mental health is just really, is really impressive. And I'm encouraged by it. A hundred percent. Um, I am blown away by this um, simply because this is going to sound strange to American audiences, but soccer is super fucking macho. Um, and um, the reason Europeans are like, of course it's macho, but in America we're like, dude, soccer is the little brother of sports in America but everywhere else, it's like soccer players are like the dudes. So it's coming off kind of strange, maybe. But um, long story short, uh, it's macho culture for soccer. Soccer, And I, I love it. I am blown away by um, this. I love the positivity. I was thinking, um, I was going to say that um, uh America was actually doing a pretty good job in terms of um, uh, leading the way with mental health type of stuff in in soccer or in sports um, uh, advertising. But the thing I saw for Norwich and a couple of the other things like this, the reach on this is unbelievable and yeah. it's effective their marketing team is unbelievable the more the norwich video alone um i've shared it with uh, uh quite a few friends who i know deal with stuff i'm very positive about mental health discussions so um i love it uh i good good job epl yeah. keep it up yeah and brave of lyle foster to like speak up and say i need to take a break from soccer and deal with my mental health. So, and good job Burnley for supporting him amidst what's a really challenging season for them where they need their best players. Right. So for them to just say, dude, whether we play in the championship or we have a player who um, is healthy mentally, I think they've got their perspectives. Right. So. Yeah. I, uh, big fan. I, I, I like it when every, like I, Maybe I got Ted Lassoed too hard, but in my head, every soccer club these days is like really looking out for each other. And then you see a story like this and you're like, keep it up, Burnley. Totally. You're nailing it. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Um, I, I seem like a jaded old bastard, but I, I, I like to think the best out of people. And so I, I'm really enjoying it when uh, uh, the the people are good. Agreed. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the people who are bad. The people who got great over the weekend. Oh no. Uh, Dahoud for Brighton with a, it it sucks when it's incidental. Even you watch afterwards, Dahoud walks up to the guy. He just scrape a hard tackle back of the calf studs up and just scrape the back from the like just below the knee down clearly incidental but a red card and you see him even go up to the player afterwards like dude i didn't mean to do that he's like i know but you know it's still a red you know yeah Um, 
So that was well, one. Well, that's the thing. Um, I'm, I'm learning that in this sport, intent is less of an issue than it is in like uh, basketball yeah. or baseball or football even. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, American football. Um, and that's the hardest part for me. And ladies and gentlemen in the audience, I would like to apologize for not knowing the rules, but um, I didn't realize that intent has very little um, jurisdiction. I don't know. Um, and it's uh, at this point, I'm like, that sucks. Deal with it. Right. I'm becoming jaded. I'm like, that sucks. But that's the rule. Keep your feet down, you stupid idiot. Right. And I think that's what's again, like um, as someone who never played beyond eighth grade soccer, the skill of these players and the expectation of these players to keep their bodies in control. And I think that that's the, that seems to be like the biggest, like the most important piece is your, are you in control? And when you're not in control, your studs are up, you make a harsh challenge, you clip someone's heel. And so even the fact that yes, completely incidental, um, a lot of these fouls, red cards, but it's like the expectation is that you're in control. Nate, you and I are both biblical scholars. <laughs> we are. Um, they're, um, point i think we both learned that um the way to learn about what is going on in a culture um based on the uh letters of paul or something uh was to read what laws they were creating there and then you could learn what was happening like you don't have to tell people not to um like step on fish if mm. people aren't stepping on fish right no. um when they create these rules that have no intent, you know what I mean? It's like what they're trying to do. That's a really long winded way of saying like, no, they're trying explanation. Yeah. But thank you. They're trying to create like a, a world where there aren't 11 Mitrovics who are bulls in a China shop running into everybody who cares if they intended to, they're trying to create a safe environment for safe and beautiful play yes yeah you're gonna have to go back and find you need to do some good spurs research i've watched some of the old clips where they're literally punching people in the dick. no you need to watch the spur when sunny i don't remember who it was sun breaks someone's leg dude good unbelievably gruesome but did he, he is, smile afterwards no he weeps oh. he weeps it's sunny He's not going to smile afterwards. Sonny is the best. He I know, but he has such a charming smile. He's the nicest man. No, but that's like kind of the whole point, right? Is like when you F someone up with yeah. vicious tackle, like it can do damage. And that's what they're trying to prevent. Right? I think that's another thing Americans don't realize maybe because again, I'm still kind of neophyte but um this game, you can ruin a dude's life slash career slash a lot of things real easy in this game. This game is physical as hell. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for these rules where they don't care about intent. Keep your stupid feet down. Don't break anybody's shins, ankles, legs, whatever. So um, I didn't have a problem with the red car. Did you? No, no. That's the because segment we're you, on, just for the record. You see it, and you're like, oh, that's like, and actually the Vieira one. So Vieira hits a guy in the knee, Vieira from Arsenal, gets a straight red. And people were like appalled at the tackle. And I look at it and I'm like, he barely, it looks like he barely touched him. But again, it's like, what could happen with this type of out of control tackle? By the way, I just looked up the sun because I couldn't remember whose leg he broke. His name is Andre Gomez. And I think there's a reason I've forgotten his name because I don't know where he is. And I don't know if he ever came back from that like broken leg. So yeah, you can absolutely ruin a career. So, yeah. And you probably feel bad about that because, um, like, uh, I, I have some friends who are professional athletes and they have friends who, um, you know, they were in the minors for six or seven years and they almost made it. And they just love these dudes. And the idea that they might accidentally harm somebody who was maybe been up in the majors for a day to a week, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, there's a camaraderie. Everybody's looking out for each other. Nobody's trying to hurt anybody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, especially Sonny, who's a sweetheart, just an angel straight from heaven. Let's just give him the award. We should create a new um, oh, award for the sweetest sweetheart of all the sweetest sweethearts in the He'll win it every year, though. He'll win it every year. Oh, what a smile. God, what a sweet angel. All right, lead us away. I was going to do best in Weghorst, but I really just wanted to... There was really no... I had nothing I wanted to complain about or Weghorst about. I just wanted to talk... We have a best. We have a best. I have multiple bests. That's my point. So we don't need to do any weg horse, but I have multiple bests that I wanted to mention. Can I lead the best? Sure. Because I want to steal your thunder. Oh, you're going to steal it. That's fine. Steal it. It'll be coming from you. I'm just saying um, goal of the year so far. This is not a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, the best goal I have seen this season in the EPL came in the 90th plus one minute. Wolves v Tottenham in um, whatever scummy shithole shack the Wolves play in. And um, I'm sorry, Nate, what's the name of the fellow who kicked it? Not the pass, the guy who actually struck. Yeah, Pablo Sarabia. Sarabia. He, um, ladies and gentlemen, his first touch, the way he lands it on his kind of shin ankle or shin, shin foot same time, like – um, it doesn't touch the ground. It hits a shin. It touches his foot, bounces up. He doesn't stop in stride. He pivots on his right foot, strikes with his left, hits the near, um, angle. Um, it looks, I think the goalkeeper Vicario, who is otherwise a God thought he was going to go wide because why wouldn't he go wide? He's angled to go wide. But he kicks it and it hooks in um, on the near post. And it is prob- It's the best goal I've seen all season. It is 
just a I can't emphasize right now before you respond, I hate wolves and I don't like stew and I don't like any of your other friends who follow me. Um, but still what a beautiful goal. Go ahead, Nate. You know, sometimes when I'm liking a wolves like post, I'm thinking in my head because I like this, this is going to show up on Andrew's feed. So now that I know that you're seeing all that stuff, sometimes I'm thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, nothing more to say. It was a beautiful goal. Um, remarkable, really. The pass from Cunha is insane. Like the way he curves it in and then Sarabia, beautiful touch and a great strike. I mean, remarkable goal. Um, and we were talking about Raul Jimenez and he scored this weekend. It was an absolutely non unimportant goal. They were down three nil already, but he scored um, and, and assisted by American Anthony Robinson. So I was very happy for Raul's first goal in 18 months. So he'll probably score, score the winner against wolves in two weeks, but Oh, well I'm glad, glad for Raul. So I was happy about that. Yay. I, I don't, he, this is before my time on the, I, I don't know who that is. Um, I know, but we talked about him last week. He's the guy who with the head injury and we were talking last week about like feel good stories and how I wanted Raul Jimenez to have like a good season. The wolf. See, former- that's, that's how much I don't remember. I, I, I still don't know who that is. We talked about him last week. That's all right. Hey, remind me next week. Still not going to remember. That's fine. And then finally, I just want to talk about Erling Holland scoring with his nuts and his butt. That also is also his Instagram post, please. Yes. So good. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't see it today, um, Erling Holland um, scored w- with his groin. He was sliding in, the ball hit him, and it went in. And um, he went on to Instagram, and I think it said something to the effect of, I've done a lot of things in the uh, Premier League, but this is the first time I've ever scored with my nuts. And he said it. Yeah. This is not me and Nate saying it. No. This is early. It's like, I, I, I'm I, going to walk that line and not say it. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it's wild. It's he's god bless his sense of humor what a lovely person yes the every time you want to hate erling holland uh he just does something that makes you love him hold up did you see the other thing that happened this week hold on let me just say that i'm going to read his actual quote because i think his actual quote is even better <laughs> please i hope please go i've never scored <laughs> I've never scored with my balls before. So that's a milestone. I just, I love it because. That's even better because it's somehow even more understated yet still more direct. How is that possible? And it's great because I don't think English is his first language. No, it is definitely not. Come on. Well, the only reason I say that is because he did grow up in England. Really? Yeah, because his dad played. I think in and I gotta stop relying on accents to define what people's first language is. I mean, it's clearly Nor- Norwegian, but I think yes. he grew up 
at least part of his childhood in England. Anyway, that's on me then. Say. My bad. Sorry, all that, to, all that, all that to say, very funny. Like I've never scored with my balls before. So funny. Well, let's jump into best bet brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel. Uh, another bad week for the boys on the pod, except for me. Uh, I took Wolves plus 370 and Wolves won. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, Andrew. I think you saw it. So I will take that 370 to the bank. That brings me only like $40 behind Chris. Chris had that massive win. He picked Forrest early in the year and he got 700 bucks for that. Um, so I'm, I'm just shortly behind Chris. But the rest of you all struggled. Chris had Sheffield United to win. They drew. Uh, but he lost out on that $1,200. That would have probably been insurmountable. Um, Andrew, you took Luton at plus 900. That did not happen. And Lundberg and Tim both took Crystal Palace at plus 145, which I scoffed at. I scoffed at and said, Everton is actually playing a lot better. And you scoffed at me and Everton won. And I'm going to say it again because you took Manchester United and Everton to draw, which I think is a smart bet. Here's the thing. Everton is tied for third in the form table in the last five matches they have 10 points which is tied for third behind manchester united and liverpool so i think everton sucks still but they have put a run of form together that i think it's got them up to like 15th which is sad for all of us we all they're in 14th now even better they're in 14th they have 14 points they're eight clear of the relegation zone. It's horrible. It's sad. Ladies and gentlemen, I have bad news. I'm going to announce um, two big major announcements here on the uh, soccer neophytes uh, podcast. Uh, Newcastle, as we said earlier, is not going to win the premier league this season. And Everton is not going to get relegated. I am sorry to announce both. To any of our fans who are that invested, unfortunately, both are true. Nate, back me up. Yep, I th- I think it's true. Whatever they need you to triple stamp a double stamp, dude. That's what I'm looking for. Triple stamping a double stamp right now. Ugh, I hate this. To- sucks. Hate it's to- so bad. Um, you texted me. I think they scored two goals within the first 16 minutes, and then the final score was four three. Um, it was a hell of a match. Three, two. It was a very exciting. Oh, match. it was three, two. Which one went for three? I'm sorry. Which one am I confusing that with? Either uh, way, it was a hell of a match. It was the most points scored for both teams. Um, it was wild. Yeah. So I don't, and Everton on the road too. So that's a good win for them much. Um, would like to point out that for the second week in a row, um, Luton town almost did it. Um, they yeah. came out fighting. Uh, United scored in the 56th, 7th minute and um, held on 
the final score was only one nil United. There's a reason I'm taking uh, United and Everton to draw this week. Um, and there's a reason is uh, United doesn't know how to score goals. We talked about this earlier tonight. They're going to win frankly, one nothing. I, gonna, United is going to win one nothing. And guess what? There's going to be a bridge somewhere that's high enough and something. I if, if I, 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 I'm okay with United losing. I'm okay with United drawing. I uh, if United wins one nil, I'm going to lose my mind. Anyway, please take us more through best bets. Yeah. So uh, we have Tim. And Lundberg are a bit at odds. Tim is taking Brentford and Arsenal to draw at plus okay. 280. Lundberg is taking Brentford to win at plus 340. So uh, that match is at Brentford. So not a bad idea to take a team at home uh, against Arsenal, but it'll be interesting to see if those play out. Chris is taking Liverpool plus 360 Liverpool is playing city in the early match at five 30 in the morning. So they're at the Etihad. I think that is a smart bet for Liverpool to get plus 360 um, on a team. That's definitely vulnerable. Lost to wolves, lost to Arsenal drew with um, Chelsea over the weekend. Liverpool could definitely pull that off. I am going with a little. Wait, hold up, hold up! You're 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 skipping out, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, listeners of the Soccer Neophyte Podcast. Um, Nate and I are going to feature a new series called Saturdays at five thirty a.m. And <laughs> I'm just going to show up at his house. I don't care if he's awake for Liverpool City. I'll be at your place at five thirty for uh, Liverpool City. Let's go to Tim's house. Tim should host us. He's All right, in- let's. He's closer to you. All right, let's go to Tim's house. I'm I'm okay. Right. Uh, we should all get together for Liverpool City. That's a good match. That's a great match. Uh, I'm rounding out the betting by taking Newcastle over Chelsea. Newcastle's at home. I do think Newcastle's good. I think they'll they'll play well. Newcastle is one forty plus one forty five. Uh, sometimes you you make a pick. Then you hear everyone else's picks and you're like, oh, I should have done that. I really like Chris's pick of Liverpool plus 360. Those are enormous numbers for a team where the margins are not that much. The margins between Liverpool and City are not that much different than Newcastle and Chelsea. And so that's what I like about Chris's pick. But I got to stick with mine. Um and that wait, might- wait, is there a is there an international break this week? There is. There is an international break. Thank you for mentioning that. So there is no Premier League over this upcoming weekend. So the next weekend of Premier League football is uh, Thanksgiving weekend in America. There will be uh, Premier League kicking off with the aforementioned City Liverpool. You are making me happy because here's the thing, Nate, this Christmas, Thanksgiving, I have decided to be um, super festive. So the, the, the 
Thanksgiving is Thursday, two weeks from um, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we, we're going to buy a tree on Friday. We're going to decorate it. We're going to do a bunch of stuff. We're going to we're going to watch a week. I've, I've been like we're looking at Chris like those places where you drive through the Christmas lights. We're trying yeah. to be festive. I'm trying to put shit on the calendar. And for some reason, I don't know why Thanksgiving uh, English Premier League soccer feels festive. Oh, and I'm, yeah, that's great. You hear what I'm saying? It'll be festive. And then once we get to the, the actual festive season, when there are matches, two matches a week, this holiday season is going to be great. I I'm, love it. We gotta um, endure, hey. We've got to endure an international break before we get there. Yeah, I, I forgot about it. Um, I would like to um beseech my brothers out there. Um, if you would like to feel festive, here's something. This is not a joke. Um, you learn a lot by dating single girls. Um, if you want your home to smell good, you go online, search one of those recipes where you get one of those big like pasta dishes, fill it with water, throw vanilla beans, cinnamon. Uh, nutmeg, cloves, all that stuff. Get it boiling. I don't know. Follow whatever recipe you see. Just keep it boiling, and it just makes your house smell like fall. Oh, that's great. Seriously, I um, girls turned me on to that and candles, and I got to be honest, I'm getting soft, fellas. <laughs> well, in two weeks, uh, our neophyte is going to watch Brighton Forest. Uh, hopefully he is on in two weeks to tell us about it. Uh, we've already mentioned city Liverpool, but in two weeks we have some great matches because Newcastle plays Chelsea, as we mentioned, and Spurs Villa is going to be a great match. Will Spurs continue the spur? Was this, was the Chelsea match the beginning or will they rebound against Villa? Uh, and show us that they actually belong in the top four. I love that United crawling their way up to sixth, despite their injuries, is um, noble. But the Spurs team falling despite their injuries uh, two whole spots is like, oh, that's them spurring. You guys are sons of bitches. That's all I'm saying. It's based on history. It's not based on this year. It's just what we expect. We expect Spurs collapse also hear me out you guys are kind of dicks (laughs) well that is clear that is is anything has been proven over six years we are petty we are dicks i I just want other people to recognize on twitter and in emails and in other forms i'm not the only dick nate's a dick he seems (laughs) nice he's He's a total dick. You guys might not realize he's a dick because he plays (laughs) it off super good, but he's a total dick. What are we talking about? It's true. Well, Andrew, with that, another episode. Well done. Uh, I hope you have a great evening. Um, Thank you. Hold up. Let me. My therapist tells me to not dismiss compliments, to absorb them, appreciate them. So hold on. Let me let me say it again. You hope I have a good evening? Say it again. Have a good evening. Well done tonight. Hold on. Thank you, Nate. That feels really good to hear that from you. I thought you were good as well. 
Thank you. And I appreciate your feedback. And I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, le or week. Levy out. Peace. Peace. Peace.